You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Well, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is Sunday morning, it's 7.30, it's sunny, it's spring, and this is the 3CR Gardening Show. My name is A.B. Bishop, and we've got a wonderfully full studio this morning. I would like to say, first of all, hello to Michaela Hamilton from Philip Withers Landscape Design and Architecture. Hello, good to be back. Yes, good to see you. I'd like to say hello to John Arnott from Royal Botanic Gardens in Cranbourne. Morning, folks. Good, How are you going? Good morning, good morning. And I'd like to say a good morning to a new horticulturalist who's coming in today, and that's Amy Dart from The Greenery. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you on the show. You're and ha- yes. How is everyone this morning? Are we all awake and alert? And getting, getting there, <laughs> getting I think. There? Yeah, I think John and I are getting there. Maybe Michaela and Hamilton are a little bit more there. I'm Maybe an early bird. I'm used to it. Yes, you are, yes. Um, but beautiful spring morning. Mm. Yeah, lovely. Very nice. Lovely. Yes. It was um, so nice to, for it not to be raining. Yeah, finally. Oh, my Lord. It's just, it has been one hell of a spring mm. Yeah. in mm. terms of precipitation. Oh, hasn't oh it what? <laughs> Extraordinary. Yeah, so not mm. only the uh, La, La Nina, but the uh, unseasonal easterly winds bringing it in from the ocean yeah. is adding to it all. Third year of La Nina. It's pretty unusual, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. And the grasses are going off their trolleys uh, and the weeds mm. and uh, everything. I, I, we're, I think we're about two weeks off peak, peak, peak. Hay fever season, and oh, it's going to yeah. be a bottler. I was thinking that on the way in. I was driving like I could see all these grasses oh, yeah. flowering. I was like, oh, oh here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this time next month I'll be sitting here sneezing. My partner, he's the worst with it. He's already having signs of hay fever at the moment. Yeah. I think because I've worked around plants my entire life and coming from a, fl- a florist shop from being a young child, I think my, I'm just used you to it. I think I'm immune to yeah. pollen. Yeah. <laughs> I've been around it too much. I, I, I wish I I wish I was. I, I suffer really, really, really oh, badly. No. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's only for that that period where the ryegrass and the you know the exotic grasses are, are, are doing their thing, mm. releasing the pollen in the air. And uh, yeah, it's. A, it, I think it's going to be a serious um, season. I mean. Verdant, I think that the, 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 the yes. term is. Yes, yes. So, so get your uh, hay fever tablets early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dose up, yeah, folks. Dose up. Yeah. So, um, let's go to Amy, so Hi. that uh, our listeners can understand a bit about you. So, uh, what's what's your story? So, you're at the greenery. At the greenery, I've been at the greenery for five years now. Mm-hmm. The entire time I've been in Melbourne, actually, 
um, luckily enough, it was the first place I landed and it's where I've been the whole time. So before then I was in Tassie. Yep. Um, so I come from a family of farmers, bee farm. And uh, yeah, gardening wasn't really my first love. It was art. I mean, it, gardening's always been in my blood. So my family have always been very big gardeners. My grandmother was always amazing and my aunties and my mum. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to go and do art school. So I went off and did that and then came back and decided, yeah, horticulture and worked in some community gardens down in Tassie, which is pretty special. Like there's, there's a huge gardening community down there, mm. like a lot of opportunities. What's your, um, what form does your art take? Oh, botanical. Plants. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. so She's on yeah. Instagram and it's just plants, plants. Yeah. Yeah, nice. uh, yeah, like painting and not so much illustrate. Oh, yeah, illustrations, but more like, um, yeah, a little bit fantastical. And, okay, uh, so not um, animals and not uh, uh, the animals. art of botanical illustration where it's all diagnostic. Oh, and that I sort wish. Of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I try to do that sometimes and it just starts coming out a little bit like weird and wacky and, yeah, and yeah. my imagination gets runs away with me so um yes can we plants. google some of your artwork of course you can yeah yeah i'm i'm on instagram mostly um yeah, yeah. Mm. and at amy dot dart amy dot dart yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so lots of there's actually a few pictures there i did a mural at the greenery a few years ago it was mm-hmm. during lockdown because oh. we of course we we closed so um folks it, it would be worth um Oh, that's Is that what you? Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, who's that? Trust me, her work is still beautiful, John. Um, I don't know who that is. John's John's busy Googling Um, away on his laptop here. Um, Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my latest one. Equally beautiful. Uh, Thank Um, you. Really nice. Yeah, Yeah, so. Lots of native animals. And and how long have you been at the Greenery? Five years. Okay. Yeah. And what's your role there? My role now, I lead the um, the nursery sales team, mm-hmm. and I do buying and merchandising as well. Okay. So um, I'm luckily enough that my two loves, art and gardening, cross over a lot. So at the greenery, I get to sort of merchandise and create spaces and yep. um, let out my creativity in that way. Yep. And like through colour, that's why the plants that I brought in are like really colourful. Um, and then, yeah, in my artwork, I use the botanical. So, Yeah. There is crossover, isn't there, between yeah, art sure. and horticulture, or mm. the, the, um, the art of gardening? Both creative. Yeah, totally. Both creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't really have a creative bone in my body, though, when it comes mm. to designing. Like, I'm a horticulturist, could have got no idea about, about garden design. Oh, how to put them together. No. It is an art, isn't it? Yeah. On paper, I, I can't do it, but if you put 200 mm. plants, I can set them out, okay? Yeah. But I find as well when you are gardening, you are kind of painting the garden in a way because you're pruning things back, you're adding things to it, you know, you're leading things in the right direction, you're training, you know. I think that in a way that is an art form as well. Sculpting with plants. Yeah, you've got to think about like spaces and how big things are going to get. and Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I don't often think too much about how big things are going to get. I just do what's going to look good for a while and then I change it over a bit. Are Are you an over planter? Well... Not well. I am at the moment. Yeah, I'll t- I'll talk about it a little bit later. But I've just moved to an apartment in Northcote, so I've had to do balcony planting with pots and things. So, yeah. But let's hear a bit, a bit more about you. Um, so, what's your favourite plant of the week at the moment that's come into the oh, nursery of the week? I know it's a hard question that's to have. So hard. Um, I really love sun patience. 
the mm. sun tolerant patients that have come oh, in. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they've just only just started. There's so many things as we're talking about this year. It's been so such a late spring. So there's mm. so many things that would have normally come out, and they've only just started coming out. And people have been asking for them. I'm like, not quite yet. Just ask. <laughs> like, just look at the weather. Yeah. Sun yeah. patients. Sun patients. Yeah. I, I don't think I've yeah. heard of sun patients. Yeah. So they the, like the New Guinean impatience. Yeah, sort of thing? they have that. Um, they've just been, I guess created so that they're tolerant to the sun because yeah. they're so beautiful. People love them. But, of course, as we know, like, impatience are very, like, shady plants. So these guys, yeah, are really sun-hardy. They're really – and they last a really long time. They're, like, so they're herbaceous perennial? Yeah, herbaceous stuff. perennial. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, they keep going for ages. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. Interesting so, group of plants. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. I, I, I really like the, the, the pink one, which is African impatience oliveri. Mm-hmm. That's, mm. that's a – I think that might be a – potentially a sun patient mm, uh, yeah. it'll take a bit of sun yeah yeah fabulous nice group of plants and yes. are they small shrubs still like sort of are they only get they get to about no they bush up quite well actually they could get potentially to about 50 centimeters or okay. so like yeah. i would say that's after their first or their second year yeah so front or border type yeah 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 pots like, or? yeah like middle roaming yeah pots perfect for pots people like to like put them out um there's like feature in their pots mm-hmm. Um, I like out their front door. It's really a lovely feature because it's flowering and, yeah, yeah, it's a lovely one. But, yeah, lots of interesting stuff coming in at the moment. Yeah. And, mm. Michaela, do you miss being in a nursery? I have to say I understand <laughs> that sort of feeling. Um, previously working at Karanga Native Nursery, um, oh, my God, I'd fall in love with a different plant every week. I'd be like, oh, my God, look at the flowering on this. Oh, look at the texture on this. You know, I would just go, AB would listen to me all the time. I'm like, have you seen this? Do you know this plant? <laughs> it's crazy, you know. Um, but actually I recently visited there. I visited a couple times since I've left, obviously, to get the best plants. Um, so I actually went there on Cup Day and picked up some plants, uh, which was great. It was just nice to go for a walk in the nursery in itself and just reconnect with that. Um, I mean, now living in Northcote, I mean, I've got Mary Creek Trail and I've got Ceres, which is great having that. I think it's only a 20-minute walk for me now, which is amazing. Uh, but it was really good to get back out to the hills, so that was quite good. Um, yeah, so yeah, I understand that. The nursery is looking amazing, isn't it? Oh, my yeah. God. It's all I was popping. just – I was – so as I was saying before, I've gone from garden beds to pots on this balcony, so I had to – I, I had a limited amount of plants I could choose from. So I was like, right, go in there, six plants only, that's it. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, look at all this. Flowering. And then I was like, look at all this. It's crazy, you know. Um, and it was really, yeah, it was just, I was just absolutely overwhelmed. My camera roll is absolutely filled with mm. different plants. And it's really good inspiration for my work as well because, um, you know, working at Philip Withers, I often write, plant lists for projects and things like that so it was quite good to go there and get some inspiration um see what's flowering what it looks like in flower you know um and yeah it was it was great it was a really nice trip out there it was good and any particular projects that you're working on with phil yeah yeah so we do a lot um down the ballerine peninsula Mm -hmm. so i'm actually going driving down to ocean grove this week to do a plant set out there so um essentially i'll look at the plans and assist in um, I guess pointing the right direction of where the plants should go, uh, things like that. But um, yeah, since uh, my role there, I've been doing a lot with um, local Indigenous plants. So that's usually the first thing I go to in my research to decide what to plant 
for that garden. Um, so I've actually brought in <clears throat> some little books today, which are my little my little Bibles when I'm writing plant lists for nice. um, the Ballerine Peninsula. It's just a land care book, so coastal plants of the Ballerine oh, Peninsula that. and inland posts. I collect all those books. Oh. So hand it over. <laughs> <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah, they They're are. so good. And, um, you know, I just kind of look at that and – I mean, coastal, I would always bang on about them, but, I mean, coastal plants kind of speak for themselves in already being a palette, you know, like there's beautiful tones of like greys and, you know, silvers and greens and everything. Um, so that's really great. And then once we have that, we try to incorporate a few other things if the client wishes. Um, but, yeah, it's been really fun doing those sorts of projects and, like, I've, we've also had ones up near Fish Creek and, like, nice. um, also even up in the hills near Upway. So I always have to look at different uh, Indigenous plants from different areas. So, like, more heathlands, woodlands, or I have to look more, you know, coastal, as I said. Um, and I really enjoy that because, you know, um, Indigenous local plants are a real passion of mine. And, um, yeah, so we've been doing some fantastic projects like that and it's exciting. Like I'll maybe write three or four plant lists a week. So <laughs> it keeps me thinking and it's really good. Um, as I said, previous experience working in a native nursery um, and my background being in land conservation and management, doing reveg projects with that, um, it really helps me tie all that in together when I'm trying to think of these plant lists. Um, but, yeah, I guess one of the main things is that we – want that sort of naturalistic approach you know like we want to bring the outside into your garden and we find that more people want that you know mm. they want to f- be able to feel like the bush is in their backyard essentially mm. you know um yeah so it's it's been it's been really great so we have a lot of projects going on at the moment even um in a melbourne projects too like we're still incorporating local plants into that as well um and taking inspiration from you know the yarra river or you know so it's really great. It's good. It's Beautiful. same thing, you know, I guess you get to be a bit creative in this role as well. Like same For sure. at the nursery, like, oh, my gosh, displaying that front display bench. Loved it. <laughs> I'd just be like, colour, 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 you know. Um, so I guess you've got to be thinking about those things when you're gardening in general, like what's this palette going to look like, you know, what what purpose do I want this to do in the garden for me, you know. Um, and most of the time, yeah, with coastal plants, I just find that they're so tough. Mm. And seeing yeah. them in nature, you oh see the colours God. that work together yeah. and, the, and the plant groupings that go and the placement and all those things, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, you know, you see, um, you know, like you see what I've actually brought in today, but, like, leucophyta browniei, coastal cushion bush, you see that growing in, in cracks in a cliff. Yep. Salt, latin winds, like, you know, the most toughest conditions. Um, so, obviously, I wanted them. And it's beautiful, great tones, silvery tones. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, um, as I was saying before with this new balcony garden that I've got, I've planted quite a lot of coastal um, local slash indigenous plants there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm kind of bringing the coast in cause like, as I said, I'm in Northcote, so, you know, it's kind of, yeah, bringing that back a little bit. Um, and I really love that I get to do that. So yeah, I'll talk a bit more about the plants that I've selected for the garden, but, um, yeah, yeah. So work's been really great. Oh, good. It's, yeah. Um, that, that whole region, uh, cause you know, I was at the Geelong Botanic Gardens for six oh. years, about 20 years ago. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and up, up. Up until that point, the Geelong Botanic Gardens had not been growing indigen- Indigenous plants, so we oh. we were looking at um, introducing into the 21st century garden some Indigenous plant beds. Mm. And, you know, the, the flora of Geelong is, you know, remarkably diverse oh. yeah. because mm. it, you go from the grassy plains all the way to the coastal and the heathlands. Mm. And, 
um, you know, it, you know, woodlands. I think there's there was thirteen hundred indigenous plant species associated with the yeah. the, uh, the the flora of Geelong. Um, yeah, yeah. So super super diverse. Mm. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Br- often bringing some of these things into cultivation for the first time, it mm. was actually really really interesting. It was really interesting work. Mm. Um, but I, I saw a <coughs> photograph of Kingston Reserve, which is in Ocean Grove. Mm. One of my friends, you know, sort of posted something on social media, and it was literally a meadow oh, of, of wildflowers. Beautiful. And what a great yeah. year it's been for wildflowers with, oh, this, yeah. with this additional mm. rain. Oh, Normally they, they're starting to taper at this time, but things are still going. Yeah. I think half of the East Coast horticulturalists headed off to. WA, they were all <laughs> over there, taking yeah, tours. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Said it was a fantastic yeah. season. Um, but it's been a solid season for, yeah. for Indigenous wildflowers in, mm. in, in and around Melbourne. Mm. Um, a, a part of we, we hosted the Global Botanic Garden Congress about a month ago, and we ran field trips into the Anglesey Heath and into the Brisbane Ranges, oh, and wow. um, you know, folks from all over the world just could not believe the mm. floristic. Mm. diversity of these heathland systems at mm. the Brisbane Ranges and down at Anglesey. Yeah. Mm. And I think plants generally are just really relishing in this extra rain. Thriving. Uh, Loretta Childs, who's on here, on the radio here frequently, um, we were at her place yesterday. Well, I was at her place yesterday. She's always there. Um, <laughs> and uh, the macadamia tree was just oh, yeah. going nuts with flowers, yeah. going nuts with nuts in a few months. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was just crazy. Like, it's, just, it's taken a while for it to start producing uh, flowers and fruit, but... Uh, She's going to have a bumper harvest, yeah. and it's just all this extra rain. Mm. It, there are some plants that have not really liked it. Um, oh yeah, a, a, no. some inland yeah. In, inland things. You know, we've got a Mariana, a, a, a blue bush, mm-hmm. Mariana sedifolia, yep. and it's not liking the extra um, humidity. It, it, you know, it probably prefers to be hotter and drier, and a mm. little bit more UV intensity, a little, little bit more solar radiation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a few of those sort of furry-leafed grey inland things that are going, mm, mm. you could probably turn it off now. But yeah. you do have a lot of desert plants there, so how are, how are all the others going? Oh, fine, good. Yeah. No, it's been, a, it's been a bumpy year. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the Australian garden it, it has been by far the best season for spring wildflowers. It's mm-hmm. been incredible. Like, mm. just, it's going off and still is. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It was a real treat to be able to show international folks the um the Australian garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz it's just so different. You know, it it you 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 walk in the first thing you see is this great expanse of red sand and Yeah. Um and yeah, it really captivated um, the imagination mm. of, of, of the delegates. Mm. Probably quite unexpected for them. It was really yeah. unexpected, yeah. 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 Um Bit more than gum trees, yeah. Bit more than, yeah. Gum, <laughs> more than gum trees, yeah, 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 indeed. And you know, I think the really nice thing about the Australian garden is that it's landscape architecture um, and and sort of horticulture, and it's a it's a, a collaboration between a design and horticulture and mm. ecology, really. Mm. When when you mm. think about the balance of the site, so those those three things sort of resonated with um, the international delegates. They they loved it. It was mm. really good. And it's a really good example of, like, you have got various 
examples of plants the whole way through that people can just see. So they're not necessarily in a design setting, but they're like, this is this plant and this is what it's going to do. Yep. So, mm. yep. yeah, use mm. it if you want. It is. And, and, and look, some of those uh, display gardens are, are, are overtly about giving gardeners ideas about gardening with Australian plants. There's mm. sort of two distinct elements to the Australian garden. There's the kind of capturing the essence of the landscapes that support the flora, sort of mm. the nature side of things. And then there's a whole bunch of – they're a little bit like um, – Mifkus show gardens yeah. or Chelsea show gardens, display but just yeah, yeah, display gardens, yeah. yeah, which are sort of themed around different urban horticultural mm, approaches. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then the surrounding delightful bush, fantastic, of course, yeah, we, yeah, we indeed. Can always With, see random critters. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think there's 20 species of native mammals associated oh, with the. I think Ricardo's photographed them all. Oh, uh, uh, Ricardo <laughs> is one hell of a. Is Ricardo Samayo is the. <laughs> Manager of the Natural Areas team at the Cranbourne Gardens, and he's a gifted photographer. Yeah, he's, he is. He, he um and dedicated to the cause. He goes out every single, single weekend. Well, he always finds life. something amazing, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, and he's just got the eye for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. So yeah, twenty species of of mammals associated with the the, the Cranbourne bushland. Um, three hundred and sixty hectare site, and fifteen hectares of that is the Australian Garden. So mm-hmm. the majority of the site is. Indigenous vegetation. Yeah, mm. and you can go. You can picnic. You can ride your bike. You can ride your bike. Can you can relax. You can oh. botanise. You can look for critters. Yeah, I was just saying. I was just thinking. I'm like, I haven't been in years, and I need to go. Need to go. Yeah. Especially now. Oh. Yeah, it's well going it, off. Just a, it's going off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's probably just starting to taper a little bit, but it's been a cracking spring. Yeah, mm. really Beautiful. good. Yeah. Gosh. All right, guys. I better get to some community announcements. Being spring, there is quite a few, so bear with me. Uh, first off the cab, we've got a geranium show at the NG Wishart Senior Citizen Centre, 964 Nepean Highway, Moorabbin, and that is on today from 10 till 4, so that's the geranium show. Then we've got, uh, or coming up in 12th to 13th and 19th to 20th of November is the Garden Design Fest. Uh, which is run by Rotary, incredible uh, couple of weekends. Great. We've got Mornington Peninsula, Four Gardens, Bayside, South Eastern, Four Gardens, Eastern Suburbs, Five Gardens, and those ones are on the 12th to 13th of November. And then we've got Ballarat Area, Eight Gardens, Euroa Area, Four Gardens, Geelong Area, Four Gardens, and Macedon Area, Five Gardens, and those particular ones are on the 19th to 20th of November. For more details, you can go to gardendesignfest.com.au. Uh, all gardens are priced at $65 or $5 to $12 each for weekend one, which is your metro. And weekend two, the gardens are $60 for all of them or 5 to $12 each. So that's the Garden Design Fest. And today we've got, uh, still going, the Yarra Valley Spring Plant Fair and Garden Expo, uh, which I went to yesterday and it was a buzz with people and plants Good. and nice food and all sorts of things. Uh, so it's on today from 10 to 5. There's 40 stalls selling plants, including rare and unusual plants and garden equipment, food and drinks, landscape and garden specialists. Um, Angus Stewart is there 
Uh, nice. He was there yesterday. He's there again today. We're going to chat about his new book in a sec. Uh, Jane Edmondson is there today, and Penny Woodward, Karen Sutherland, Peter Tees, Paul Kirkpatrick, and Vasily. Uh, that's at 125 Quail Road in Wondon, and Quail is Q-U-A-Y-L-E, and it's $14 for adults, uh, $12 concession, and kids are free. So you can book online at yarravalleyplantfair.com.au or you can buy tickets at the gate. But I have to say that the line for people who had booked online was longer than buying them at the gate. It's usually the other way around, but yesterday everyone had obviously been very organised and they had uh, bought their tickets online. But I'm going to digress just a smidge before I get back to the community announcements to talk about... um, Angus Stewart and Emma Stewart's new book, which is called Future Proof Your Garden. And uh, the reason why I wanted to mention it was that Angus is up at the Yarra Valley Plant Fair. He's selling his book up there and you can um, have a chat with him and uh, get him to sign your book. Nice. Um, It's a lovely book, as you would expect. Uh, Lots of lovely uh, photographs and inspirational images, etc., And it's all about uh, environmentally sustainable ways to grow more with less. And, uh, yeah, it's a very colourful book. They look at all sorts of things like the science of irrigation, planting techniques, harvesting water, future-proofing soils and how to create them, uh, water-efficient plants and designing a future-proof landscape. So there's lots of information. And uh, so that's, yeah, Angus Stewart and his daughter, Emma Stewart. Is there a thread of um, climate preparedness in, oh, in the book? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, which um, sort of runs through everything, yeah. I think, in, in terms of how you can harvest the water and then yep. w- what plants you might consider. And, yeah, it's... Uh, beautiful book it's a soft cover book and uh, it's got lots of practical advice and a lovely plant directory which everyone loves a plant directory and Mm. it's not only native plants uh there's native and exotic plants in there so as you um, would expect as you would expect and um as all gardeners love because we all love all plants that's right so beauty that's angus's book i shall get back to my many many Community announcements. Okie dokie. Today, we've got the East Keelor Community Garden Open Day, and this is at 10A Tupple, T-U-P-P-A-L, place in East Keelor, from 10am till 3pm, free entry. You can get all sorts of seedlings at amazingly cheap prices, and there's also a variety of larger plants. They're also selling lots of their garden produce. They started growing lots and lots of lettuces when lettuces were $12 <laughs> each. So they're a little bit cheaper now, but honestly, there's nothing like a homegrown lettuce. So they've got all sorts of uh, produce there. They've got Devonshire tea, sausage sizzle, and baked goods and preserves made from the garden produce. So that's the East Keelor Community Garden Open Day at 10A Tupple Place in East Keelor. On today through the Open Gardens Victoria, we and this one is in conjunction with the Rotary Club of Yay, there's a garden called Candlebark, which is at 179 Langs Road in Limestone, which is quite near Yay. Uh, one of the things I should mention is to check the uh, roads, make yeah. sure there's no road closures due to the floods. Yep. Uh, there's plenty of flooding still everywhere. 
this particular garden is open from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. today. It's $10 for adults and $6 for students. Under 18 is free. A beautiful rural oasis that was a bear paddock and has been developed over the past 37 years. Named for the trees that line the driveway, eucalyptus rubida were grown from seeds collected from an ancient specimen on the property. Nice. And then we've got um, a garden for next weekend, and this is Open Gardens Victoria, so there's a double pass available for this one. So if you want to um, ring in for that double pass, it's 94190155. The garden is Cloverdale. It's at 85 Browns Road in Werribee. Cloverdale is a fabulous garden that has been owner Connie's passion for nearly 40 years. 80 Dutch elms line the driveway. There's traditional areas in the garden to explore along with a wild section. Lollipop Creek flows through the property and there are beautiful ancient river red gums. That's open from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. both days. $10 for adults, $6 for students, under 18 free. You can go to Open Gardens Victoria to get more information and book your spot or you can pay on the day. If you want to um, try your hand at getting a double pass for that, give us a call on 94190155. Okie dokie. The Cactus and Succulent Society of Australia have got their big spring show plus huge plant sale. This is on today from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Entry is $7 per person and it's at the 2.0 Artisan Vintage Market, which I'd never heard of, um, but it's the old... um, the Caribbean Gardens, oh, okay. sort of, oh. so, so yeah, 850 yeah. Stud Road, right. Scoresby. And um, there's plenty of cacti and succulents, strangely. Stunning displays and uh, lots of people to chat to for various expert information. So that's the Cactus and Succulent Society of Australia, Spring Show and Plant Sale. And I think last but not least, uh, we've got the Encouraging Women in Horticulture last event of the year and this is november 30th 7 till 9 p.m at helenus greek restaurant in surrey hills join us for our final event of 2022 dinner with our guest speaker award-winning landscape designer lisa ellis an opportunity to hear from a woman at the peak of her profession about her journey and important projects she has worked on Come and engage with other industry professionals and enter for the chance to win prizes valued at $120. Uh, Places are limited, so you can um, hop onto the Encouraging Women in Horticulture site or you can send an email to events at ewha.com.au. The dinner and uh, talk is $60 for members and $70 for non-members. So, they've really hit their straps in the last couple of years, I reckon, oh, encouraging women in horticulture. I mean, it's been absolutely. there for a little while. But, it has, yeah. But really doing some good stuff. Yeah, I, 
I should say that the tickets for the Open Garden have already gone. That was very, very quick. <laughs> quick. All right. And um, before we continue on, I would like to say this is the 3CR Gardening Show. I'm Amy Bishop and I'm in the studio with Amy Dart from The Greenery, John Arnott from Royal Botanic Gardens and Michaela Hamilton from Philip Withers Landscape Design and Architecture. So. Nice. Yes. Where, where, where is The Greenery? In Heidelberg. Heidelberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's been there for a, it's, it's, it's a been long, there for a long, time. long time. It's been there yeah. for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. right. 1977. 1977, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Gosh, yeah. so I'm yeah. sure they've seen a few changes in that time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there the whole time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was started by two brothers. Right. Yeah. Um, Barry and Daryl Tease. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. it's a Tease. It's a Tease, yeah. Barry nice Tease, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, Barry started and then his brother came in. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So a lot of changes have happened um, even since I've been there mm-hmm. in the last five years. Barry unfortunately passed away in 2020, mm-hmm. um, but his family has taken over. So his daughter is a is a director and owner-operator. Um, and, yeah, lots of – she sort of came in with a new vision and has changed it a lot, but in a, in a beautiful way. So yeah, it's nice. like – it's still, like, very tied with – we love the history of it. It's mm-hmm. like it's beautiful to keep – Remembering the history and um, what it, what it was, but um, she's sort of bringing it into the twenty first century a little bit more, and like having a new vision of like um, not just not just a garden centre. So we've changed; we're no longer a garden centre, but we um, focus more on what you can do in your garden and mm-hmm. what you can do in your home. Okay. So home um, garden home. So it sort of means that we can do a lot more, have a lot more like. Um, yeah, yeah, have a lot more diversity in the place and be a little bit more than a garden centre. So you walk in and now I guess for me, like I've been there for so long that and I'm involved in the changes. So it's sort of I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, I walk in and I go, I've been away for a weekend and I walk in and I go, oh, God, it's, it is so beautiful and it is so oh. stunning and it is a real experience when you walk in. So it sort of gives me the same, I guess, feeling of when I go to like a botanical garden a little bit yeah Yeah. and then you've got the home part of it as well but you walk through and we get people like walking in and they go oh I'm just here because I've I don't know I've had a bad day and I just wanted to like Mm. relax so I just wanted to yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that's really nice just be somewhere beautiful yeah Yeah. be somewhere that like feels good and yeah and we've we're right on the Yarra so it feels like you're in the bush Mm. so you've got beautiful big gum trees lining the Yarra and we're right there so you know, we would be able to like walk straight and go for a little swim if we wanted. We wouldn't, but <laughs> <Which could. laughs> if we wanted to. Hashtag yeah. not working. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the, the river came up quite high recently. Mm. So we're all like, we kept going out and checking and being like, oh, one more, one more rainstorm. And we're in trouble. But um, luckily we were running safe, a banker. But yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That whole sort of um, bringing things into the current times in terms of like nurseries, businesses. Yeah, yep. um, they obviously they might have followed a really um, great sort of structure for X amount of years, um, selling particular plants. But then all of a sudden, it's sort of time exactly. to change, and people have changed. And it's the same with botanic gardens, yep. isn't it? Yep. It's just that constant mm. need for sort of evolution and. and yep. Looking at things and yeah, for sure, nothing, nothing, nothing stays the same. Yeah, um, mm. you know, I, I'd imagine over forty years, the the number of trends um, that yeah. the, the nursery's seen come and go, and maybe even come back again. Mm. Even even since I've been there in, in five years, I've seen the trends yeah. change. Yeah. What 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 do you reckon has changed in the last five years? 
In the last, with us, yeah. um, just definitely the look of it. Yeah, so okay. we've, um, we took the opportunity, <laughs> the opportunity of lockdown being partially <laughs> closed. So we, we did call and collect still. Yeah. Um, but we took the opportunity to do some renovations yeah, okay. while we're there. We had all the full-time staff still there for part of the, part of the time. And yeah, I was involved with that as well. A lot of like ripping down walls and painting okay. and um, revamping, cleaning out. And I think our um, sort of customers were very, the people that came and visited us re- like all the time came back after lockdown and were like so surprised nice. at how, how many changes we made. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we have a uh, sort of new um, demographic of like the younger people coming through now. So we get um, people like new, like younger couples that have bought like new homeowners, that yep. sort of thing that they come through. And I think a lot of like the younger generations are sort of being a bit more like leaning more towards like natives and mm. sustainability. Urban and I think that's where we're going as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, something we're finding like, and something we're really f- starting to focus on is like apartment gardens and um, sort of smaller gardens because mm. people mm. are, yeah, moving into apartments and moving into smaller spaces. Yeah. I oh. want to continue this conversation, but I just realized I forgot to re- ring out, uh, read out the uh, ring in numbers. So if you want to <laughs> ring in with a question or, or contribute to our chat, you can call us on 94190155 or you can text us on 0488809855. So please feel free to ring in with a question or just to contribute to horticulture chat. Mm. Yeah. But that evolution thing's really interesting. Uh, there was a, um, a, a association of guides conference um, that we hosted at the Cranbourne Gardens a couple of weeks ago. I gave a talk there. Did you? Yeah, I did. It was a was nice, nice, nice gathering, I, wasn't it? Then I got roped into having drinks afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you talk about? Uh, habitat. Habitat, of course. Yeah, yes. yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was there was a bookended talks. Uh, Kate Cullity, who was the 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 TC, the mm-hmm. the C and TCL. Yep. Um, reflected on the design from 20 years ago of the Australian Garden, and I talked about the evolution of the garden 20 years on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a, look, it was they were really interesting. To, to like, we're absolutely honouring the majority of the elements of the original design intent. Yeah, but things evolve. Mm. That's design, though. It I is mean, design. you know, that's yeah. what it is. It's always, you know, you 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 don't set and forget. You no. know, it, things progress, and you know, you might be like, oh, I want this to do. I want this for this purpose now. I might pleach this, or I might, you know, add things to it. You know, that's it. Like yeah. it's an evolution, and I think that's great. Even even some philosophical shifts. Like, uh, oh, I yeah. mean, the garden was always designed with, with you know with Australian plants, which are dry land and emphasis on you know, water. Tell, the garden tells the story of water. Climate preparedness was not a thing. Mm. Um, the whole conservation agenda of botanic gardens was there, but you know it was a it was a, a thread rather than a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, I mean the role of botanic gardens in conservation has really conservation horticulture mm. has evolved gotcha. over the last you know mm. ten ten years, but it's really mm. ramping up. Particularly at the Cranbourne Gardens at the moment, we've been doing all manner of. Um, you know, bushfire recovery work, really, mm-hmm. uh, and then finding a place for those in, in, in the garden. Um, and none of that was there 
Uh, yeah, 20, so 20 years I was going to say, if there's nothing in the sort of original agenda of the Botanic Gardens in terms of climate change, I imagine that would um, bring in quite lively discussion as to where the gardens are going to go and indeed. what needs to happen. Yep, mm. yeah, indeed. And and the lovely thing is that it's it's been a conversation with TCL through the the entire journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was really interesting just to reflect on the amount of shifts. I mean, the, mm. the the garden will always look and feel like a TCL design garden. Yeah, it's you know it's 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 in the language of the the footprint of the landscape. But mm. in terms of the living collection and the, the the plants that we're using to to colour in the garden, mm. um, it's almost a completely different suite of plants these days. Yeah, from mm. the original um, interesting palette mm. from twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I guess also, I mean, because you use cultivars. Yep. In, in the garden there. So, and as they progress yeah. and change, you want to feature those as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, because indeed. You, sometimes these are plants that are actually better in gardens. Uh, they they sort of um, a bit more perkier, I suppose, than, yeah, yeah. than the traditional species. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they just uh, give us a little bit more. Just reflecting the on gardens. the leucophyta, the little cushion bush. Oh, yes. Mm. I think we've got four. Distinct oh, well, forms of, of, of that. There's the, the Cape Lagrange form, which is really tight and like a little ball. And then you get the big coastal thing, which you, you get down at the Ballerine, which, you know, you could... Well, this one that I've brought in is actually Silver Clouds. Silver Clouds, oh, The right. one yes. that I chose yeah, to lovely. bring in. So that one grows approximately like 30 to 40 centimetres, mm-hmm. or it can get 50 by 50. But I find leucophytes, they can get quite big, but mm. I find that you can keep them small. Silver Nugget's a good cultivar as mm. well. That one keeps... Re- that's probably the most tight. compact really one tight. I know, yeah. and really small, and that one's quite good for pots too. Almost like a grey cushion bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. great for brand boundaries as well. Yeah, borders. Yeah, yeah. yeah, borders, yeah. yeah. And there's the thing on Port Phillip Bay that it, it's almost scanned. It, it, it'll it'll climb on a fence and oh know, yeah, get, it's wild. Get, get nearly a meter high. Yeah, you know, yeah. So just that variability, and I think um, yeah, nurseries are making selections and looking at forms. I think Evan um, at Karanga has had an eye for. Um, superior forms for a long, long, oh, long time. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Ben and Alexa are, are sort of taking over. Um, they, they're well onto it as well. So, yeah, just and, – and, I mean, really, there's so much out there, isn't there? Yeah. Like, the breeders are just totally savvy as to what gardeners need and want and, yeah, mm. yeah bringing, bringing our plants up to date. Yeah. yeah. We've been doing – uh, a project called Raising Rarity, which is oh, yes. which is looking yes. at the threatened flora of Victoria. Oh. We're bringing some of these things into cultivation for the first time, and some of them are looking like really solid garden plants. Mm-hmm. Like what? what? Uh, a bunch of bunch of grevilleas. Oh, which different, mm-hmm. just different forms of some of the holly leaf grevilleas mm-hmm. and oh um, yeah, yep. so the ones up that, in the grampians. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that sort of thing. They're yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, that, I love those. Um, different different. Uh, wildflowers, some of mm. the sort of the the button daisy things, and um, uh, I mean, Grevillea dimorpha. Mm. It literally means two forms, but there's eight distinct forms okay. of Grevillea yeah. dimorpha in, wow. the, in the Grampians, and yeah. some of them haven't really been in cultivation. But yep. there's some really nice Grevillea dimorpha mm. things coming through. I find it interesting too with Grevilleas because I mean, you know, when we talk about local indigenous plants to Victoria, when you say, "Oh yeah, we have local Grevilleas," they're like, "What do you mean?" They just think it's all WA of their yeah. beautiful, showy, yeah. nice Grevilleas. All Queensland, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. But I mean, even um, Grevillea is it rose, rosemary and folia? Rosemary yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I see that up in the hills if I yeah. go for a walk, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And that's really great habitat for little birds too. Yeah. Um, nice and prickly for them. I think there's 48 
species of grevillea, species and subspecies forms, um, named forms, uh, in the Victorian flora. Mm, so yeah. nearly 50, 50 grevilleas in the Victorian flora, oh, I would which, is, that. Yeah. which is pretty diverse. That That's is pretty cool. very yeah. diverse, yeah. And um, I, I think also as more gardeners are getting to know native plants, their sort of tastes are broadening somewhat mm. and they're reaching out for these more um, unusual ones, I suppose. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice cycle that's yeah. happening. And what you were saying, Amy, that you're seeing a lot of young people with the smaller gardens being interested in native plants as well for sure yeah mm. and finding finding that they do suit like even melbourne metro areas and they do suit there even if they want like a more traditional well manicured garden like um there's absolutely you can achieve that with natives mm. yeah. and yeah. i i think it looks better i yeah. think it yeah. looks much lovelier than like european or you know introduced mm. species gardens where you know we, we had a bit of fun uh well, it was a couple of years ago now but over the lunchroom table at, at, at the gardens doing the analog um, the Australian native plant, which is the equivalent of uh, of an exotic. Oh, that's the yes. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, there's there's pretty good substitutes for oh, for most things. The yeah. hardest one was camellia. We found it very mm. very difficult. Oh, Hymenosporum flavum luscious or gold nugget. Yeah, radio. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Done. <laughs> dwarf frangipani. Dwarf yeah. frangipani. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that was a bit of fun, mm. just in terms yeah. of you know form and function, and you know yeah. there's a native plant that can do you know mm. almost almost yeah. almost anything that any any other plant can do. It's yeah. funny you say that. I actually recently did a, a seminar talk for Open Gardens Victoria, and my talk was mm. on the use of indigenous plants uh, in your garden and creating ways to use them and um, quite a few of the plants so I discussed shrubs ground covers uh, wildflowers trees um, and I look I had to talk for only one hour so I had to compile all my favorite indigenous plants into the one presentation (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some I got a bit more carried away than others but even grasses and things like that so you know I would talk about like replacements for bulbs and things I mean not exactly the same thing but I'd talk about you know using bulbine lilies or chocolate lilies Mm. and things like that or you know, I'd say use Elixir buxifolia sea box as a um, mm. substitute for European box, box hedge because it's yeah. much hardier and, you know, um, and then I'd go on to, you know, things like that. And I think that um, it's a really smart way of gardening mm. as well because these plants are very tough. They're, you're planting them where they nat- – I mean, soil profiles change obviously with development, et cetera, but, you know, it's just makes – it's low maintenance, it's drought tolerant, you know, things like that. Good but, for critters. Yeah, oh, habitat, critters. the habitat, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was something that I spoke about, did that talk recently. And, nice. yeah, same thing, I was just trying to compare, like, you know, if you're thinking of planting this, maybe try this instead yeah. as an option. Yeah, mm. it's, yeah it's, it's a great, a great way to garden. To play. Yeah, it's yeah. good fun. Yeah. There's some really beautiful modern takes on, like, um, using um, eucalyptus casea, like the silver princess, for espalier, that kind of thing. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, really beautiful, like pleaching your um, ple- – pleaching any – kind of or mounting or pruning back like with stringer things like that mm. Mm. Um, there's like box alternatives or like oh, yeah. feature alternatives or topiary alternatives yeah. Mm. yeah i think in years to come um people may or may not listen back to the show and go oh of course we're using <laughs> all of these <laughs> <laughs> that's all they use <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um so michaela what have you got happening on your uh balcony what's succeeding and what's okay. not happy and well what i've brought in today so i've only planted yesterday okay quite literally right okay so so Which I, way does your balcony face? North facing. Good. Lots Perfect. of sun, yeah. lots of light. It's mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. And it's really nice too. There's big lily um not lily water houses 
um, that reach the balcony. So oh, you get, I get a little bit of extra um, greenery, which is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, so lots and lots and lots of sun. So I've got about six pots or so. I use the Martin Kellogg pots, the balcony, really lightweight ones, mm-hmm. so I can easily move them around, which is great. Um, so... I was saying before, so I've got Adenanthos Syracuse here, woolly bush, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite commonly used for like hedging or screening. Well, I actually used this exact plant as my Christmas tree last year and I still had it in its plastic pot and I was like, you know what, this is a great idea because I find that they're quite slow growing. Mm-hmm. They're very mm-hmm. like drought tolerant. Um, so I've popped that in one of the pots for a little bit of height and then it'll also produce uh, tiny little red flowers on it as well for a little bit of colour. But I just love the texture of it. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, that sort of palette of greys, greens, mm. etc. Mm. Um, so that's one that I've popped in there. And that, uh, you're right, that is a fantastic Christmas tree It's great. Yeah, I love it. And a living one and you don't have to tuck it out and put exactly. it on the verge and goes to landfill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a great option. And these ones, they naturally grow um, usually about the 1.5 by 1 metre, and mm-hmm. they can quite easily be kept small, so that's kind of why I've chosen it for the pot. But, I mean, it has barely grown in the pot that I had it in anyway. I mm-hmm. neglected it quite a lot, to be honest, because it was a Christmas tree. But um, So did it appreciate the neglect? Yeah, it yeah. D- honestly. Do, like, honestly, I, I did not look after it. Like, the pot had fallen over. Like, I had half of the roots hanging out. Like, it was just <laughs> – it was very <laughs> scraggly. But it still survived, and I'm like, all right, you're going on my balcony. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. That, that's that's kind Kind of the the approach I take. If plants survive my table of death, yeah, you're yeah, me. that's <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> you're the plant for me. Um, and I mean, I don't know if they say naturally grow in Western Australia along the coast. The coastal plant, yeah, yeah. So I think there are some dwarf varieties available. There so. are. Yeah. There's also ground cover varieties too. There's bronze glow, which have that nice different oh, coloured texture. Those, they're a bit. Yeah. They grow a bit bigger though, but they're quite nice. Um, and then, as I was saying before, I've got Leucophyta brownii, silver clouds. Um, so I've got that one here. As I was saying before, that one grows approximately 30 centimetres high and 40 wide. Um, but if you really look after it, probably 50 by 50. But I'm going to try and keep mine small in the pot. So I've planted a few things. I've kind of done little clusters, you know. Um, and then I've also got Pycnosaurus chrysanthes, so Golden Plains Billy Button. So this can this can grow, I think, in the Western Plains, Melbourne. So I think it's indigenous as well. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Um, it's a great little plant. Um, it's a little bit different to the other Billy Buttons. I find it's it reminds me of. Um, Crispedia variabilis, mm-hmm. um, just because it stems really strong, and I find that just plain old billy buttons, I find their stems their stems can get a little bit floppy sometimes, yeah. and I find that these are quite strong, good for cut flowers, um, and. You know, in the balcony, in my balcony, like I really wanted to create a bit of movement and a bit of colour, yep. and I find that flowers like this are really nice for that. Um, and then I've also brought in here Chrysocephalum baxteriae. Um, I think the, the Bem River form. Yeah, so this one is Beautiful. just lovely. So it's like a little, um, little white, almost white paper daisy. Um, it's got nice silk. It's got. I like it for the foliage that it's got. It's like that. Um, it's almost like rosemary, like those sorts of leaves on it. Mm-hmm. The best mm-hmm. way I can kind of explain it without people seeing it. Um, but this is quite a nice one. This will probably get to a spread of about 30 to 50, 30 centimetres or so. So this is just a nice little pop of colour. They'll flower for a really long amount of time. Make sure you've got to, you've got to prune them back once they finish flowering or they can get quite scruggly. Mm-hmm. Similar to Chrysocephalum and Piculatum that you need to do that. Um, yeah, so I've planted that one as well and they love um, full sun too. And then... 
I've also brought in Ostrostipa stapoides, so coastal spear grass. Um, mm. It does get quite big. So mm. technically mm. it gets about, you can get to a metre, 50 centimetres to a metre. But I'm going to nice. see. That's fine. But I'm going to yeah. see how it goes in the pot that I've yeah. put it in. Um, but I just, I love it. It's very, as the name suggests, it's very prickly. So planting it, I had to definitely <laughs> wear my gloves. Um, but yeah, so I've planted that one as well, once again, to create a bit of movement. But um, the plants that I don't have here that I planted in there as well was um, Castorina glauca, cousin it, which is a oh, fa- big favourite of mine for yeah. pots. Um, that it'll cascade over really nicely. Um, so that's quite a good one. And then I also planted uh, Myoporum parvifolium, mm-hmm. uh, creeping bubiella. So that one will, um, once again, really tough one. So that'll have nice little white flowers that'll start to appear. That's an indigenous one. Also, um, and then I planted, what else did I plant? I actually put in a couple exotics into this mm-hmm. just to trial it out a little bit. But I actually put an echinacea cornflower in there oh, nice. just to, like, spice it up a little bit, you yeah. know. Um, and then I did salvia, is it lacantha, the oh, yeah, Mexican yeah. sage? Yeah. yeah, so I wanted to put something in for the bees in there, yes. of course, because I love my silvery tones, but I was like, no, I've got to put something else in there. Um, and then I also put spiridium oh gosh i can't remember the second part of it. dusty miller i'll oh, just say no it was, just, oh. it was for p-h-e-b something like that lobium it's on my instagram i've done okay. a whole list of all the plants that i've planted um but that was gifted to me by someone um and yeah so i've potted that up as well and um yeah, so I've got quite a mix, and these are only six pots, so I've just crammed them all yeah, together and so just been like, you've been very restrained in your uh, colour palette there. Yeah, very well done. Yeah, it's well, I'm also growing um, some cosmos as well, just mm-hmm. in little pots, so like tiny little terracotta pots, so that if I want to pop a colour on the balcony, I'll just put them in between the mm. other pots that I've got. Nice. So you've got some tough plants there. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, my porum's got to be one of the. Toughest ground. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They're good for dry shade as well. All right, guys, let's get to some uh, callers. Really? Ruth from Bentley. Hi, Ruth. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for holding. That's fine. Thanks for all the discussion. <laughs> good on you. But um, I just uh, heard briefly um, talking about native frangipani, the dwarf one. Oh, yes. And I've had one in for maybe three or four years now. It's growing very well, but I haven't seen a sign of a flower, so I'm just wondering um, if you could tell me a bit more about it. Mm-hmm. What what spot have you got it in, Ruth? Oh, it's in um, one of the, you know, those big concretey sort of tubs that have got the bottom knocked out of it and it's been planted in native plant mix and um, I do I use a lot of um, organic stuff in the garden generally Mm -hmm. so um, I'm just wondering maybe I should throw out a bit of native plant food yeah you can do that is it in the sun or a shady spot uh, no half and half half and half yeah they cope with half and half really well Um, but uh, I would definitely be throwing some native fertiliser at it uh, three years in a pot, it may have used up all its uh, reserves it's of not, um, nutrients. The bottom's out of it. It's just the surround, so it can go down oh, to the soil. Okay, yeah. okay. And and Bentley, do you have quite sandy soil? 
Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it could just be a bit hungry. Yep. So okay. I'd, be, I'd be giving it some fertiliser. I mean, they're flowering at the moment. You see the trees oh, and everything. Yeah, they're popping oh, around good. Melbourne at the moment. Um, but, yeah, get right. some uh, fertiliser on it. And I'd give it some seaweed every couple of weeks for a couple of months just mm. to try and pep it along. Mm, okay, all righty. Well, that's one job for today. <laughs> was it a named cultivar um, at all? Was it was it a, a particular form? I have got the label, but I haven't got it in front of me. No, so yeah, no probably luscious sure. or gold nugget. Or gold much. nugget, yeah. yeah. I think gold nugget. That sounds familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'd I'd just be giving it some fertilizer and 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 some seaweed solution. Okay. Should eventually right, settle then. in. <laughs> okay. I've All got right. patience. All right. Good All on right. you, Ruth. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And let's go to Jill and Dramana. Hi, Jill. Hello. And thank you for the wonderful discussion. Really enjoying it. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> yes. And look, I, I was just wondering, um, I've got a Silver Princess uh you could, that I've had, you know, for quite a few years now. And I was wondering whether I could be brutal and composite it because it's it's now losing all its sort of silveriness on the branches, you know, as they're so mature. And it's sort of got a bit of a main branch leaning over. Um, I think it's got a good lignotuber Beauty. underneath it uh, by now. Um, so, uh, and it's on a, in a very well-drained, you know, a fairly sandy soil here. Um Anyway, yes. So, can it be done, and is it wise? It's it's uh, y- yes to both. I think. Oh, um, okay. So I'd be getting your pruning saw out, uh, yes. and coppicing it, and it'll come back um, uh, incredibly strongly. Mm. Uh, oh, it, great. It, it it'll go from a it, it'll change its shape though. It'll it'll turn yes. from a single trunk weepy tree into a, potentially a mallee form. Um, yes. But you could select that, you could select a, a, a leader and let that leader grow out. But it'll it'll absolutely grow back from um, it'll re shoot um, from uh, just below the cut, mm. and and yes. you know you, you can go reasonably close to the ground. So if it's got a, a lignite tuber which is forming, you, you, know, you could cut it mm. fifteen or twenty centimeters from. Um, from soil level, and it'll bounce back really well. Right, and so cut everything off. It has got more, you know, has got a leader, but it's got a couple of other smaller branches. Just take it's, the lot. Yeah, out. I'd go. I'd li- literally coppice it to the ground or yes. near to. It's quite yeah, important yeah. to make sure you coppice it right to the ground because if you don't do it all the way, it's not going to be as vigorous in its growth when it comes back. So it's quite important to make sure you cut it right to the base. I know it's scary, right. but um, yes, you got to yes. do it. It's worth it. <laughs> we- <laughs> We'd well, it's been mag- it has been magnificent, you know. It flowers beautifully and and so on, uh, um, and kept its silverine, you know, um, branches for quite a while. But I just thought, oh, now it's looking a bit sad and leany over on one side, you yeah. know, with just the one leader. And I just thought maybe I could reinvigorate it. And uh, and, and when should I do it? Oh, uh, now now would be perfect. Yes, bit of moisture, bit of moisture mm-hmm. around it to be um, just cherry yeah. cherry ripe to get that pruning mm-hmm. saw out and. Get stuck and into it. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will. Yes. Uh, I hate cutting things out. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. hard. Yeah. It is hard. I know. Sometimes, yes. You know, tough love is the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We've got some some friends of ours that have got a silver princess, and and you know, it was a case of trust me, I'm a horticulturalist. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Trust me, they love it. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. It worked. Well, they they still haven't done it. Oh. They just, I don't, I don't think they can bring themselves to to remove, you know, 25 years of of growth in one fell swoop. Yeah. Um, Yes, well, mine's not as old as that, but yes, yeah, you can tell it's not got its vigour, really. No, it, 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 it will like you for it. All right, and tell your friends to trust you. <laughs> Good on you, Jill. Thanks very much indeed. Good luck okay. with it. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, yes, you do have to be brave sometimes you in do. the garden, don't you? I'm always so appreciative when my plants grow. I'm just like, oh, I don't really want to chop you. But mm. I've actually got some of the <laughs> leucophyte brownie eye in a pot, which is sort mm. of hanging over and looking like it needs a very... Very hard haircut. All right, just want to get to a couple of texts that have come through. Sure. Uh, hi, this is from uh, our friends on the ground, Vicky and Peter from Notting Hill. Hi, AB and team. We visited the Yarra Valley plant fair yesterday and we were in the long pre-booked queue. <laughs> we really enjoyed seeing the tree climbing demonstration and Angus's talk and went home with lots of new plants. We recently visited the Bullion Art and Garden Uh, where Zeus, who is their dog, who I've met, uh, loves to visit and see the chickens. We then went to the greenery and were uh, pleasantly surprised with the changes. And we realised next time Zeus can come in instead of staying in the car. Yes, please. It's my favourite part of the day when people (laughs) bring their dogs in. I get that, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Fabulous. And um, so who's written in? Lisa has written in, I have a hybrid grass tree, Xanthorea supergrass, in my garden in Ferntree Gully that is 10 years old and doing well. I'm moving to a new property in the Yarra Valley and would like to take it with me. Can I move it into a large pot and then plant into my new garden? How should I prepare it and give it the best chance to survive? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they don't. But, really like you, but you, I love you, being transplanted. You can, um, but it's a risk. Yeah, you know, I'm you, digging a yeah. lot around. Yeah, and and, and, and that super grass um, grass tree. I mean, I'm imagining if it's ten years old, it's going to be a reasonably big tussock mm. yeah. that might even be forming a you know the little basal stem well, thing. Mm. Um, we moved a good number a couple of years ago. Oh, with did you? four or five okay. years in the ground, but with a big. Sort of uh, no, just machine. with spades yeah. and okay. hessian, yeah. Mm. So I mean, it's I guess if you could do some preparation, that would be good. Yeah. As in, dig a trench, get a really sharp spade, maybe I don't know, forty centimeters, fifty centimeters, as much uh, as, you as, can. as much as much yeah. as you can around the trunk, so you've got something which might be approaching a meter mm-hmm. or six, seven, eight hundred. Um, get a sharp spade and and dig around it so you're actually severing the roots. Yep. And what can happen is those roots that are severed will produce a flush of new roots from the from the cut. Mm-hmm. And then you go outside of the the original cut and hopefully you're moving something with active fibrous roots yeah. or active active roots from, from, from the from the cut. So if you can do preparation, I think it's you know, twelve months in advance or that, that's the best way of doing it. Mm. Tricky though, because obviously going from one soil type to another soil type as well. Or into yeah. a pot even. And, and yeah, pot first and then yep. into into the garden. But they need a big pot. Probably a big one of those big plastic bags. Um, you know, as big a as big a um root ball. Uh, as you as you can reasonably mm. manage. Mm. 
Or leave it there for the new owners to enjoy and, and get yourself life. a new one. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, they're not overly expensive, and they are much faster growing than the um, Australis. Yeah, and some of the Australis, local ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, being being a hybrid. Great plan. Yeah. Great oh, plan. yeah. It's mm. fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, all right, John. You have recently been in Gippsland. I have uh, the Chrysocephalum baxteri uh, mm. at Bem River on the, on the side of the road on the slash line. There were oh, tens of thousands really? of them along, oh, along the side of the road. Wow! It was it was just gorgeous, 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 beautiful, beautiful um, to see. But yeah, we have been in East Gippsland. Who's we? We is the Royal Botanic Gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of our staff. We've got one of our staff member um, staff members, Russell Lark, who's taking on a new fixed term role called. It's, got a, it's quite a title. Um, bushfire Recovery Horticulturist Living Collections or something like that. Mm-hmm. But essentially writing a living collection plan for, for our bushfire recovery holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been uh, – there's a, a, a whole mob of people in uh, Malakuta who are doing some really interesting work in the mm-hmm. bushfire recovery space. There's uh, friends of Malakuta are establishing what they're calling the Malakuta Endemic Garden. Um, which is right in the middle of town on on a, on a, on a corner block. So we went down and gave them some, some advice, really, as to you know how to establish a, a, a living collection. I mean, it's effectively a little botanic garden in its mm-hmm. own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing a whole bunch of species recovery work, um, and we were specifically looking after the, a particular banksia, mm-hmm. um, which the entire population burnt during the Black Summer uh, bushfires. It's mm-hmm. the Crower jingalong banksia, mm-hmm. uh, banksia crower jingalensis, which really should be called banksia crower jingalongalensis, <laughs> 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 but that didn't quite work. Crower jingalongalensis. Bad enough, bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a it's a little, very small um, banksia, maybe about fifty or sixty centimeters, and it looks like this entire population. It's about as the pop- population is about the size of a footy ground. Uh, that's the entire population of this particular banksia. It looks like it's all clonal, so it might be one individual oh plant which is covering the, the, the size of a footy ground. Mm-hmm. Wow! Because it's growing, it's growing from. You can see the sort of the, the, the trajectory the, the, of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the root system, and you know, we dug a couple out, and it's. So it doesn't look like there's any seedling recruitment. It looks like it's all sucker growth. And is this a new species? New species. Because I was going to say, I hadn't wow. heard of that one. Yeah. I'm sure it's not in my Banksia book. No, but um, uh, uh, Banksia lady, come on. Uh, it was Celia Rossa. Celia Rossa. Yeah. Um, she um, went down to this population and, and, and uh, illustrated it because oh, it was a well, new one. Oh, just recently? In the last 10 years. Oh, how fabulous. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. last 10 years. Okay. So Banksia... Crowagingalensis, which really yep. should be Crowagingalongalensis. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard of, just on that on that plant name. You know, Walla My Pine is Wimilia nobilis. Nobilis yeah. after mm. David. After David, yep. it's it's kind of broken the rules of botanical nomenclature it, because it should be Nobilensis. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nobiliensis, I yep. think. Nobiliensis. Yeah. I think is what it should be. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a few that break those that break those conventions. Yeah, yeah. Break, break the conventions. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we spent quite a bit of time um, uh, in East Gippsland looking at uh, the bushfire scar. Uh, I mean, remarkable regeneration, which mm-hmm. is which mm. is happening in that flora. No species have been lost in in the Victorian flora to the, to the bushfire. So mm-hmm. everything that mm. should resprout has resprouted. Everything that should mm. reseed has receded. 
Um, in fact, the, the, the heathlands were just magnificent. I mean, those plants, they're, they're adapted to natural wildflower, wild, wildflower, wildfire yep. to mm-hmm. occur anyway. Yeah. So I think after that, you know, you'll see it's absolutely devastating anyway, but, you know, seeing it all... I think, I think mm. the issue is um, there's a term called pyrodiversity. So, so that's, um, that's talking about the, the different age classes since, since fire. And, and really healthy ecosystems have got th- things that burnt last year mm-hmm. areas that, and areas that haven't burned in living memory and yep. everything in between. Because there's a whole bunch of species that are fire colonisers that are, are really abundant straight after a yeah. fire. Like acacias and things? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then they sort of drop off after 20 or 30 years. Mm. And there's a whole, conversely, there's things that get killed by fire but then start to become abundant 20 or 30 years on. So, you, mm. you know, that, those different age classes. The, the issue with the black summer fires is that it's all one age class. Yeah. Because mm. it all, all burned. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of plants that, um, that, that will absolutely reseed and um, germinate after fire, but they might take twenty or thirty years to reach sexual mm. maturity to put that next generation of seed mm. into the into the forest floor. So if the fire intervals are too tight, that's where you can start to lose species. That was like the mountain ash, wasn't it? The yeah. eucalyptus regnans. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So it'll it'll um, come back. Reseed after mm. after fires, but it might take twenty or thirty years to reach yeah. sexual maturity. So if a fire goes through an ash forest before that next generation of seeds sitting on the ground, it'll, it'll go from an ash forest into a into a, a, a an ironbark forest, or yeah. it'll change the species composition. Will change. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yet another good justification for uh, more cool burns conducted by yeah. traditional owners. Yep. Yep. Mm, yeah, uh, which yeah, we really should get a little bit more used to. I've, yep. I've attended a couple, and they're they're safe, they're enjoyable. Yep. You, it's like ecology in motion right there in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And it's done in a safe way. When yeah, you know, the flame. wind is right and the moisture's right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. yeah flame mm. heights might, might be much more than the meter. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we really need, in terms of species diversity yeah. specifically, but also so that we don't have these massive, massive bushfires. Yeah. That are destroying everything. Absolutely. But the regeneration was just remarkable. Mm. Any weeds? Uh, yeah, yeah, a few, yeah, quite a bit of weedy, yeah, a few weedy things, yeah. and a few th- things which are sort of ecologically out of balance. There's, there was a, a population of a Coria uh, Laurentiana, but it's a Genoaensis form, so it's oh, only only right. occurs in up the upper yeah, Genoa tiny River, spot, yeah. tiny spot, um, and it's. The fire went through all of the wattles of just yeah resprouted, and it's a thicket of wattles, mm. um, it, and not many of these couriers mm-hmm. to, to to be seen. So I think um, the, the the local group are looking at thinning those wattles in order to provide a niche for the for the couriers to actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, a, isn't yeah, it? Because it is. it's it's really yeah playing playing with nature and do we or don't we? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, very mm. very tricky sort of decisions. Those very tricky decisions yeah, to, yeah. to get the balance. So oh well, that's good if there wasn't too much weed. And and were you down there recently? Yeah. So within um, when we've had these incredible rains. Uh, yeah, post. Yeah, yeah, so post some of that. Anything sort of um, eroding or? Uh, there's lots of lots of water around. Yeah, yeah, but no, I didn't see too much evidence. The, we, there was one particular creek where there's a, a Callistemon Ken Morrisonii, um, and we went to visit that. But that, yeah, no, that was under. Under, yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Okay, so yep. take your diving gear to go <laughs> yeah, have a look at that's it. That's right, scuba gear. <laughs> yeah. Extreme botanising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the 3CR Garden Show. I'm A.B. Bishop. I'm in the studio today with Michaela Hamilton, John Arnott and Amy Dart. If you'd like to ask a question or contribute to our conversation, give us a call on 94190155 or text us on 0488 809 Eight double five. Now, before we come to your plants that you brought in, Amy, we've got a question about coppicing allocasturina. I wonder which. I wonder which one. I'm not sure why you would coppice an allocasturina um, beyond it being too big. Mm. Um, oh, I actually don't know. It's not, You've never it, done it at the gardens? I, I think we've cut them down and they've, they have they haven't come back. Okay. Mm. Um, hang on, I, I can just give it a quick All right, well, while you glance. have a look at that, we are going to chat with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, people. How are you? Very well. That's good. Thank you for your show. It's, uh, you do a great service for all the gardeners of Melbourne. Oh, <laughs> good on you. Nice to hear. Thanks, Chris. Um, I'm the uh, treasurer of the Bromeliad Society for all of my sins, and um, <laughs> I would like to inform you and, and the listeners about our annual show. Well, it, it was supposed to be annual, but we haven't actually had one since uh, 2019, so we're really looking forward to this, this next one, which is next weekend. Fabulous. Uh, um, at the NG Wishart Senior Citizen Centre which is 964 Nepean Highway, Moorabbin. Moorabbin. Oh, so just after the geranium show. Yeah. Correct. Huh. Yes. Yes, that's, I think that was this weekend, wasn't it? It is, yes. The, uh, the orchid show was a couple of weeks ago. It's oh. a, it's a, it's so it's a, happening down there. It's happening. It was all <laughs> happening, yes, at the, at the Wish Art Centre. <laughs> Excellent. So what, um, what, what are you going to have going on at the show? Well, there'll be a, a big... A display of bromeliads mm-hmm. um, of all different sorts and sizes and um, species. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, lot of broms for sale, and the the advantage, I guess, of these broms is that they're all grown by members in Melbourne, uh, around around Melbourne, and are therefore acclimatised to the conditions down here, as opposed to stuff that might get flown down from mm-hmm. um, from Queensland, etc. and uh, you know, they, they might turn their toes up at, uh, at Melbourne's winter. But um, the, there is a small entry uh, cost of $5 for adults and $3 for seniors. But this year we are asking everybody who attends if they would like to join this society for free up until the uh, 1st of January 2024. So effectively a year and a bit of, uh, of, of sort of thing. A lot of the special interest groups, I think, have suffered in terms of membership over sort of COVID, and um, we, we sort of think that you know, members are a lot more important than money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, like a um, good idea. We, we're doing well. That's what we're doing. Um, so it's, it's only twenty dollars or so a year, anyway. But mm-hmm. that's uh, it's still with these um, sort of chastened times, cost of living, etc. that's uh, 20 bucks you won't have to spend. Yeah, for sure. And is the show on both days, Chris? It's on both days. Uh, Saturday, it uh, kicks off at 9 o'clock and closes at 4. Sunday, it kicks off at 10 and closes at 3. Okay. And how long have you been involved? 
20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're obviously quite experienced at growing bromeliads? Well, yes, there's, and there's a lot of people there who are even more experienced than me, but mm-hmm. you know, we, there is lots of people who can give advice and um, there's books for sale and that sort of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's generally a very, um, very interesting show um, to see plants which have all been grown in Melbourne, um, many of them in, you know, a, 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 by you know, very experienced people. So it's um, a good opportunity to see Broms in all their glory. Nice. Fantastic. And so in terms of growing bromeliads, I'm just going to, you know, um, get into your brain a little bit while we've got you here. Is it, are they only for planting in the ground or can you have them indoors in pots? Well, the the beauty of them is, I mean, there's there's a, there's in their natural habitat, there's a, there's a bromeliad that fits every, um, every type of habitat, whether it be right beside the sea, up mountains, down in, in, rainforest, et cetera, et cetera. But the ones that grow best in, in Melbourne, I mean, I've got probably, you know, 5,000, I guess, and all of mine are in pots. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what, sort of, that, what sort of potting mix do you have them in? They're not particularly fussy. Mm-hmm. You, know, they're, they're, it, you know, some people will say the better the potting mix, the better the, the growth. But in their natural habitat, a lot of them, you know, they don't, they just sort of live either up in trees or they, a lot of them are epiphytic. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't live in in soil at all. They just attach themselves to uh, a tree or or whatever. Um, so that, the beauty of having them in pots is that you can bring them inside when they're in flower, mm-hmm. um, and then put them outside. You know when they when that flower has died down after three or four months. Yeah. Okay. So you keep all of yours in pots, and, and but can gardeners have them in Melbourne out in the garden? Absolutely. Mine are all mine are all out in the garden. No. I don't have any um, hot houses or anything like mm-hmm. that. Uh, they just get. Um, I mean, I do water them, but I, I probably water more than I should. Be, but I really enjoy walking around and looking down into them because a lot of them, you know, they're, they're um, what they call tank bromeliads, mm. the neoregelias, etc., that have a really colourful centre. So it's really nice to sort of be able to look down into the into the plants. Um, lots of others, the acmeas and. Uh, um, breezes, etc. Alcantarias have, you know, large spikes coming out from the centre, um, which um, which can look good. Do you grow the puyas? Yeah, I mean they're a bit. We I do have some puyas, and there there are certain, certainly plenty of puyas around. Um, they tend to be there's some fantastic puyas in the uh, Adelaide Botanic Garden. Mm. Um, and there are some in Melbourne Botanic Gardens as well, but um, um, they're, they're not. I mean, they're they're very spiky. A lot of people don't like them because of that, but um, they're, they're pretty easy to grow, really. And do you have any trouble with mozzies? Not really, no. Do you do I mean, anything specific, like do you empty out the water or anything like that? Well, I I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. Sometimes you'll find um, mozzie larvae, etc. And if you've got larvae, you've obviously got mozzies. But um, you know, it, it's it's a matter of just keeping on top of it. There's probably more uh, problem with mozzies from the if you stand them in um, in you have them in pots and then you mm. put them mm. into a, a saucer. It's Try probably again. the saucer that's going to create the mozzies rather than the tank of yeah. the bromeliad. 
Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, Chris, look, it's been lovely to chat with you and yeah. hopefully your show is a success, a good chance yeah. to come down and, and buy some specky plants and talk to experts who know how to not kill them. Yep, which that, is, that's the plan. Yeah, Great which stuff. is always really good. Hey, look, I'll get you to hold on the line once um, sure. I've hung up from you. I'm just asking Doug to get your phone number if that's okay, and I'll, I'll yeah, up with, yeah, yep. catch up with All you later. Okay, thanks, thanks, AB. Good on you. Thanks, Chris. Bye. AB, the um, coppicing question. Uh, y- y- yes, they, y- y- you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this is alocasia. Alocasia, but there's a whole bunch of variability within species. Mm-hmm. Some, it's saying... They'll shoot back after a fire, mm-hmm. which is you know, thinking about it. The alocasurin is in that crowding along an yep. Um They were all shooting back beautifully, um, but a little bit variable depending on the species. Sure. Yep. Um, so touch or go. Touch or, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they can reshoot. They do reshoot, um, but it sounds like there's a bit of variability there. Yeah. Yep. You can bring them back very hard though. Like I mean. Um, you see Fiona Brockoff in her beautiful coastal gardens that she does, you know, Alocasiorina verticulata, that's um, pleached the trunk and then it's in a topiary ball. Right. It's amazing. Like, they respond so well to it. And even Alocasiorina literalis, the black she-oak, like, mm-hmm. you can really pleach that trunk. And they just, um, they're so whimsical. They're like a little forest. Like, I, you have all the, I've seen them mass planted at, um, Alouin Gardens mm-hmm. in Yarra Valley. They yep. have that little pocket of them, and it's just gorgeous. They've, I just love the foliage on them and the form of them. They're great. So you can do so much. Prune them very hard. They're great. Excellent. Yep. Mm. All right. This is the 3CR Garden Show. I'm A.B. Bishop. I'm in the studio with John Arnott, Michaela Hamilton and Amy Dart. If you'd like to call us, we are going through until 915 the number is 94190155 or you can text us on 0488809855. Amy, let's talk Hello. about some of your plants. What you got, Amy? <laughs> what have I got in some beautiful colour? Well, I thought I'd bring in some lovely little annuals. I sort of picked this straight from my display, actually. I love these colours together. This is mm. I've got some beautiful dark red marigolds and some lovely purple alyssum, um, both beautiful like bee-attracting plants and I thought you know the beautiful um integrated integrated pest control um sort of uses of marigolds I'm loving at the moment I'm sort of selling one with every trying to sell one with every tomato and I'm selling a little bit putting it in my veggie patch and um I'm loving all the different colors that are coming out now all the beautiful different um yeah I don't think I've ever fully understood um why marigolds are Beneficial in a veggie veggie garden. Yeah, uh, the ladybugs. Ladybugs. They, yeah, they okay. attract. They attract ladybugs, and there is I can't remember what it's called, but there is something in them. They um, secrete something in their roots that apparently, and I think it's more the French marigolds that do it more. Mm-hmm. They secrete something that um, deters nematodes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, quite a few great uses, but um, yeah. And then alyssum is a little bit more sentimental for me. It's just always one of my favourites because it smells like my mother's garden. She used to grow them. <laughs> and so I've just got this rush of childhood. And, of course, you know, yeah. sentimentality is yeah, always a beautiful. huge thing with gardening. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But, yeah, just the, the difference in the flowers I'm finding, like all these new um, colours that are coming through. And I, I love colour, obviously. I'm an artist. So I just mm. it's really satisfying to me to, like, create displays with beautiful colours. So, yeah. 
What do you have? Do you have a garden uh, at home? Yeah. I I used to. I've moved from from Northcote. We've yeah, um, we'll just and I have sort of swapped. <laughs> um, I've gone from a beautiful big share house garden to now I'm in Brunswick West in a unit, and I've got a lovely little deck, which is perfect for me because I spend all to, all week at work, you know, gardening with my hands in the dirt, and um, it's nice to just come home and just talk to my indoor plants. So I've yep. got a lot of indoor plants. Um, Any I've, tips for keeping them alive and thriving? Um, I um, someone was talking before about just loving hardy plants and being able to just yeah yeah yes like me. Hell, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love a good hardy indoor. I don't I like don't, mm. I like no fuss. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a beautiful um, Monstera stilpiciana that's climbing all the way up my walls all around my unit and I've got little plant holders all, all up so it looks like oh, a little nice. jungle. So, yeah, and then um, I've just got my little deck and just a Monstera growing up, like a just a del- Deliciosa growing up. The so wall, it's quite shady, the deck where it is? It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a little bit of after, like late, late afternoon sun. Mm. Um but yeah, there's also a beautiful. It's not mine; it's my neighbour's. But I sort of get the benefits of it. A beautiful big tea tree growing, mm. like oh, a really nice. mature one. And nice. luckily, someone I'm hoping my neighbour and hoping they continue to do it has pruned all like perfectly where we are. So I'm not getting, I'm not getting too much shade, but I still get the benefits of the beautiful tea mm. tree. So all at my back windows, my bathroom window, I get this beautiful silhouette mm. of the tea tree. So do you have any colour in the? In your backyard or unit, sorry? Not as much. That's mainly my foliage and just being Yeah, green. yeah. I've got a beautiful, um, what have I got? An asparagus fern oh, nice. growing. Good and one. it's the toughest plant. Yeah. I know it's a weed in um, Queensland yeah, think, yeah. for that reason. Um, but, yeah, I've got it in a pot and I just completely neglect it. And mm. it's just tripled in size since I've got it. So that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right, a couple more texts have come in. Uh, hi there, interested in planting Aliocarpus reticulatus, mm-hmm. which is the blueberry ash, as a four mm. to four and a half metre high hedge. Suggestions on plant spacing and pot size. My preference was a 40 centimetre pot, one metre spacing. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that sounds pretty good. Potentially we'll get a bit taller than that. You'll have yeah. to keep at it with a pruning. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in again, we saw them in East Gippsland yeah. uh, as you know, medium-sized trees mm-hmm. with you know, decent trunks. Yep. Um, but, yeah, very amenable to to to, um, to a hedge. Yeah, and there's a smaller variety, Prima Donna. Prima Donna, yeah. Uh, mm. Which you know, could be more suitable. Yeah. They're slower growing too, though, aren't they? Prima Donna? Uh, just Aliocarpus. Oh, Aliocarpus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, I, I think a good thing for a hedge. Well, I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure I've seen they can get up to six metres as well. But mm. I think if they're slow growing and they're managed at mm. four, I think you could definitely keep it. And I think they respond quite well to pruning as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's mm. a bit like, um, you know, lily pillies in nature can be oh, know, crazy. significant yeah, trees. Yeah. And, yeah. But, yeah, definitely manipulatable into a hedge form. And metre spacing, 40 centimetre pot sounds, that's, I reckon that sounds spot on, actually. Yeah. Mm, and ficus definitely. microphyla can be a massive, massive tree <laughs> yeah, and it can be a right. little indoor plant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you can, you, you can bonsai you can them bonsai, down to it. You can bonsai, exactly. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. It's, all we, about, it's all about what you do to we them. We can do all sorts of things, yep. yes. But a, but a good choice. Um, Roger Elliott has talked about Aliocarpus reticulatus as being a bit of a sleeper weed with the potential for it to mm, escape into the bushland. Yeah. And, yeah. 
not that yeah, uh, it, it is already established well, well and truly in horticulture. Um, it, that's a great consideration, John. And I mean, there's a bunch of weed lists. Councils often put out weed lists for different areas. It's always really good to hop on, no matter whether you think you're planting a native plant that's not from your area or yeah. an exotic plant. Just hop on and see if there's any weed potential or mm. if it's starting to mm. escape. It's yep. um, yeah, because mm. there's more and more that are escaping into the bush and causing all sorts of problems so definitely worth it unless you're planting indigenous yeah and you know maybe in urban environments it's not such an issue but you know if you're on the urban fringe or near some bushland i think that's when it becomes a really important consideration yeah Yeah. absolutely okie dokie let's go to chris from your own bat hi chris hiya panel um I've got some bad news for that lady with the frangipani. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hope she's not listening. <laughs> well, I hope she is. Ruth, block your ears. <laughs> well, I planted one about uh, eight years ago. It's about a metre and a half wide and about a metre and a half high. And over that period, I think I've had a handful of flowers. Mm, they can be shy. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful foliage. Yep. Glossy green leaves. But... Uh, very few flowers. So mm-hmm. I, I figure it's worth the uh, uh, value for the foliage. Yeah, yeah it, nice it foliage certainly plants, yeah. does have really bright green, as you say, glossy foliage, which is nice for a native plant. Um, but what sort of conditions is your plant in, Chris? Uh, I, I mixed in some um, sand into... Um, it wasn't clay, but it was... Um, well, it was nice, nice heavy soil, mm-hmm. and um, it's in full sun, facing. Well, uh, there is no uh, over uh, covering, mm-hmm. uh, so um, it's really in the open, facing west, I guess. Okay, and do you put compost on or feed it ever? No, I don't. Um, I tend to leave it a bit natural, but mm-hmm. uh, and I I thought about all the fertilizer, and perhaps I could have. Uh, Put some uh, uh, sulphate potash. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't think it'd make much difference. It's so, but it's a shy. it's otherwise a very healthy oh, green. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I can recall back at the Melbourne Zoo years and years and years ago. We found out we had a sport of hymenosporum come up with, and it was tight and like we thought this is a winner. Yes. Um, but very shy in flowering. Um, and, and I guess that's where the cultivars, um, those known clonal forms, are, uh, come into play because they should mm. flower. Do you know if, if it was a named form? Look, uh, that long ago I can't remember. No. Hope, hope it wasn't that one from the from the zoo because we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we we did give it to um to some commercial people to explore um and I don't I reckon it was ten years old and didn't flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, I wouldn't be afraid of feeding it and getting on a few centimeters of compost. Yeah, well, I might give that a go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you really want to encourage those flowers. Well, I would love to because they're they're a lovely coloured flower and. Nice scent. Fragrant. Yeah, beautifully scented, that's right. Yeah, not much in the way of flowers, my friend. All right. Yes. Get, get the food onto it. All right. <laughs> Good on you, Chris. Thanks for calling. Thanks, thanks panel. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. 
All right, and we have another text come through. Can I transplant a four-year-old snow gum? It's about two and a half meters high, planted too close to a fence. Thanks from Paul in Wood End. Mm, tricky. Four years old, it'll have a pretty extensive yeah, root system. Gonna, yeah. And, yeah, they don't really like their root system being severed. Mm. And, uh, I mean, is it worth a try? Did they say weeping snow gum? Uh, they just said snow gum. Snow gum, one of the yeah. porcy uh, I often yeah. think with things like that in terms of pruning and transplanting, if it's causing a problem in whatever way and you have to do it, you have to do it. So you might as well just experiment. Try. And sure. then if it doesn't work, you can plant something that's more suitable for that position. You can coppice snowies. Um, so, you know, you might consider coppicing it and, yep. and moving just it. Just join the foliage yeah, and yeah. start again. Yeah. And, you know, keep, keep it to a... A size that it's not going to be an issue, yeah. potentially. They're quite tough, though, because, I mean, you know, you see them growing along, like, rocky sort of mountain faces mm. and things like that and roots going in between it and, you know, experimenting with growing them in pots and things, like, their roots are quite adaptable to, like, harsh conditions. So I'm like, give it a hack, have a go at it, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, might just need a bit of elbow grease. Not, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting, you know, but, like, you, you would think something that occurs in the subalps would, would not perform all that well as a, a garden plant in Melbourne, but uh, they're pretty reliable. Mm. Also, and they're so fast, so fast growing. Yeah. yeah. So fast growing. It's a, it's a good sort of uh, lesson in a way because when we take our seedlings home from the nursery, they're mm. so tiny, we don't <laughs> often think of how big their trunk's going to be and plant them too close to a fence or whatever. Yep. Yep. You see it all the time, you don't do. you? Mm. You really do. And it's really hard to picture it in six years time when it's got a or 60 60, exactly (laughs) and it's got an absolutely whopping trunk yeah now um john you said to me today that you brought in some daggy plants well one one daggy plant in particular one daggy plant well two daggy well it depends on your definition of daggy plant i guess um they don't look daggy they look oh they're good i mean they're Mm. they're gorgeous the the I'm showing the bias here, aren't I, by calling them a daggy plant. But there's, there's, there's a geranium, um, which, you know, we've got a native garden and none of the things in this posy are, are, are native at all. But they're all, they all have sentimental value. Mm-hmm. So the geranium was uh, taken from, no pardon, the Lisa's mum's garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've kept that, kept that going for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, and the rose is the... Um, the McGrath rose. Mm-hmm. So it's the uh, breast cancer awareness yep. rose. Um, and, you know, the jade is, again, another slip off the plant that um, has sentimental value. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. And, yeah. I mean, we all know we, we obviously all love our native plants here, but having those sentimental plants, yep. really, it just, it's a small little link. Yep. Um, I've, mm. I've got a dwarf version of the Brunfelsia, the Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow, nice. because that harks me back to my South African upbringing with yeah. my grandmother. And yeah. and we, we all have them, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, right. got your Alyssum. Yeah, yeah. But the Alyssum. Yeah. What yeah. have you got, yeah. Michaela? Well, <laughs> our family has a house down at Phillip Island, so um, some of my really like good memories are down on the coast, so that's why I've got coastal plants in there but um usually because you know my mum was a florist so mm. when I I always have cut flowers in the house that's kind of how I incorporate that sentimental value into mm-hmm. my I guess indoor garden yep mm. 
Um, yeah, but that's why I love Coastal Plants. That's it for me, pretty much. And then actually, um, one of my old colleagues from Karanga, he gave me the Spiridium, Paul. So I've planted that in my garden now. And then my Christmas tree, I bought that with my housemates last year. So that's planted in my balcony garden now too. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's mm. so special to mm. have that, you it know. Is. Have the links and memories. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, just that little pop of colour from the, from the geranium and you just go, you know, it's, Largely subconscious, I think. Yeah. But when it's conscious, it's it. I don't know. It just mm. it's just a it's it adds something very significant to to, to the garden. I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Sure. What else have you brought in? I brought in a few natives. All sorts of. Yeah, all sorts of things. Of course. <laughs> so uh, verticordia. Love a verticordia. This is verticordia. Well, what have we got? That's it's a verticordia. Ah, oh, and the name has just gone straight out mm. of my head. Um, I've won uh, per- Alba Purpurea? Correct. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, so quite a sort of, um, as the name would suggest, uh, mauvey purple foliage, just oh, almost pink. Full pink of pink. flowers. Yeah. Absolutely full of flowers. And verticordias, I mean, they some of them can be drop-dead plants. They're tricky. Yeah, they can, they mm. can be tricky. Um, some of the grafted Verticordias are mm. proving to be a bit more reliable. Yeah. Um, but this, I'm, I'm, we're in sandy soil, so we've got the benefit of, oh. of not, good it, not being yeah, yeah. really good. They drainage, last yeah. really well in pots, I found. Great cut flower. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Um, so there's this uh, little verticordia, one of the Marianas. Oh, mm-hmm. love And it's this Mariana man. pyramidalis, I mm-hmm. think it is. Yep. Um, kind of upright, almost looks like a piece of coral. Mm. Like it's really textural, really. How does that one grow, John? I don't know it. It's a it's a shrub to about a metre. Yeah. But but it has this very. I'll, I'll take some photos yep. and, and drop them on the socials. It's got this very upright, um, almost like an asparagus fern mm-hmm. habit. Mm. You know, it's quite yeah. architectural. Mm. Very architectural. Yeah. Mm. That yeah. would make a good mini Christmas tree. Oh, That's what yes. I used to use it for. It is conically really? shaped. Yeah. When I did like Christmas little tree. Christmas plant display at Karanga, I'd get pots of these because yeah. they look like mini Christmas yeah, trees, right, you know. Yeah, They're right. so sweet. So, so, John, just getting back to the yeah. Mariana, is that the is that the shape that, that it? That's the shape, okay, and so. and you'll get I don't know. There's probably thirty or forty branches mm-hmm. that are all upright like that. Okay, so it's quite conically shaped. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Very nice. I'll take a photo off of the actual plant yeah, because that'd it, be it gives you more of an idea about its habit. But you know, just a really strong structural yeah. foliage plant. Because, because I have to say, there's not heaps and heaps of uh, native structural plants that you can sort of use in that sort of way. But yep. like, it almost has that conifer look to it, doesn't does. it? Does yeah, it really yeah. does. Yeah, like yeah. Those yeah. small sort of upright conifers. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Fabulous. It, yeah, for sure. so. I mean, the stru- I've got a really small garden, and yep. the structural elements are shrubs. They're not trees, or mm. so. At the moment, there's two Eremophila nivias, which are oh, just great. Great, great. great. Talk about texture. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I can see that one being used, sort of in a garden bed amongst other amongst groupings, a- or in pots even, uh, sort of framing an entranceway or something like that. Like yeah. they look like that sort of plant. Yeah, very structural. Yeah. Yeah, really structural. Very nice. So that's Mariana. What was the species? Uh, uh, Pyramidalis. Pyramidalis. Oh, which yep. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Fabulous. Uh, another, it's a really poor um, specimen. <laughs> I did this in the dark. <laughs> um, but uh, Acacia A. filler, which mm-hmm. is another one of those structural. The leafless rock wattle. The leafless rock One of my favourites. Yes. Which yeah. comes from Western Australia in wet forests. Really? Yes. It's oh, actually, that's so interesting. It occurs in cowrie forests. Mm-hmm. You would have looked at this and, you know, because it's a leafless and think it's a desert dweller. Yeah. 
but it actually, actually comes out of carry forest. Farms always surprise us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking in my Grow What Wear yesterday for something. Great and, reference. Uh, is that such a fantastic book. And uh, I was looking up bog plants or plants that cope with sort of uh, wet winters and dry summers and boggy areas uh, because so, so many of us are having boggy areas at yeah, the moment. Yeah. And there was a bunch of acacias and it's sort of, I was just like, yeah, well, of course, there's a thousand species and they're all over Australia. Absolutely. Mm. We tend to think of them as being mm. desert as, and as dry. desert dwellers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And many of them are. Yes, but yes. there's always those exceptions to the rule, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this little yellow Gellis Nowia, which is just gorgeous, gorgeous. So this is on a graft. It's grafted onto a phyla figure, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but doing really lovely in the garden. And just, just the nicest, brightest bright mm-hmm. yellow. yellow. So bright. Yeah. 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 So, how do you treat that in the garden, John? Uh, just prune it after it's finished flowering. Yeah. Yep. Just a tip prune. Just a tip prune. Yeah. Li- yeah. Li- literally, just from the back of the flowers. Yeah. And, uh, just to keep it bushy and probably to keep it alive. I think they might be reasonably short-lived if, unless they get a, a clip. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. There's a few more, but yeah, here's one here. Yeah. There's a Calothemnus. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Good the, one. The half-sided bottle brush. Um, which it, it, I, I don't think this is too long for a garden. It's getting a bit too big. Mm-hmm. I, I planted they it get in quite the wrong, large. Yeah, mm. I planted it in the wrong spot mm. um, along the side of the driveway where it's only got about a metre to grow mm. in. Um, oh, yeah. So, no, yeah. it's the wrong thing. <laughs> I thought I might be able to clip it up and, you know. Has it responded well to being clipped? It just looks daggy because mm, okay. it, it throws these long... Um, yeah. Long, long growth, and if you, yeah, it's just the wrong plant. It's the mm. right plant in the wrong spot. Uh-huh. Um, but the see, uh, even the professionals do that. Oh, all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> all the time. Um, so yeah, just a, a random selection of of sand loving. Um, Late spring flowering things. Beautiful. And you'll pop them all up on our so Well, shall. Liz will pop them all yes, up I'll on our Yes, I'll send them. I'll flick them through to Liz. So, yeah, yeah, fabulous. Yep. All right. Well, Roger Elliott has uh, texted us to say that it's a common story with a Hymenosporum flabum gold nugget, i.e., I'm guessing the lack of flowers. Uh, so people could try the luscious Yep. Uh, might have more luck mm. with a shy flowerer. Yeah, shy flower, but mm. stunning foliage. Mm. So worth it just for the foliage. Yep. And uh, if you get the odd, nicely scented flower, fantastic. And I've seen some street trees and yes. pruned back quite harshly, and some of them are flowering quite, yeah, quite well. So in maybe there's something in that. They that's have what it was. Yeah. Yes. When I moved to Brunswick West, yeah. I moved around the time that they'd started flowering, yeah. and that's what my that's what I think of when I think of them. But yeah, they're yeah. street trees everywhere, yeah. and they're cut yeah. back quite hard. They are. Yeah. They would yeah. be. So maybe there's something in that. And maybe. something in the just neglect of the, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. thrive on neglect yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. I've written a story on native frangipanis for the January issue of Gardening Australia mag. And when I was recently up in Queensland and I thought, oh, I'll take a drive around the Gold Coast gardens and get some great photos of native frangipani. Went to the Gold Coast Botanic Gardens, which were fabulous. Fabulous garden. Not a native frangipani in sight. <laughs> However, <laughs> come back to Melbourne, took my camera, went down the sort of coastal zones, and they're all every, through yeah. Alwood and yeah, yeah, along there. So every 10 metres, there's another one, there's another one. And they're all flowering, all looking amazing. They're so. a pretty solid um, 
pretty solid street tree. Mm. Yeah, and they yeah. smell amazing. I would, I would always pinch them off the street trees and have them yeah. as cut flowers in the bathroom or the house, you know, like nice. they smell amazing. Did you feature that variegated one? I did. Oh, love that one. Halo. Halo, no, I think it's called. I, yeah, Halo, yeah. I love it. No, I didn't actually. I will actually put that in. I oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a hey, love variegated hey. foliage. I mean, that's funny. Loretta and I were talking about that yesterday. Sometimes it can look sick. But sometimes it looks like it's meant to be variegated. Yep. Mm. Yep. I love them. I, like, I never used to like it. I'd be like, ugh, variegated. I'm not dealing with that. But I love them now. Yeah. I just find them interesting, you know. Mm. You can, I think in the right spot, variegated leaf forms can look good. Yeah. And I like it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. What's everyone else <laughs> doing for the uh, rest of the day out in the garden, out looking at gardens? I'm going back to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> straight in, so yeah. you had an early start. Yes. Yeah. 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 Back in the nursery. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So we, people can come down there and harass you for your yes, knowledge. Yes, please do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially if you've heard me today. That would be lovely. Yeah. Great. People mm. to come and drop down. Yeah. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's going to be I, we can't tell right now, but it's I think it's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful day. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. Day. Yeah. Lovely. Mm. Renovating a couple of veggie boxes. Okay. Just that changeover. Yeah. Changeover time. And what nice. are you going to be putting in? Uh, well, leafy greens. Leafy greens. Yeah. yeah I, we've got four boxes, mm-hmm. uh, and we, I, I'm not, we're not doing tomatoes mm-hmm. because you just don't get. I, I, don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I find. What boxes have you got? Have you got like wicking bed ones? No, just just fruit boxes. Yeah, yeah, just apple boxes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I tend yeah things that you can pick and pick and pick. Yeah. So mm-hmm. leafy greens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But the peas are coming out. The yeah. So renovating the changeover time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful, Michaela. What are you up to? Uh, I'm going to go water my uh, pot garden that New I garden. I literally Beautiful. did yesterday. I had the best time. I spent all day yesterday doing mm. it, and I had a great time. And I actually put it up on my Instagram, a reel of the process of me planting it and the plant selection. So most of the plants I've spoken about today, you can see that on my socials at Regal Regnans. Beautiful. Um, and then I'm also going for a walk along Mary Creek today, and I will most likely, as I do most weekends, go to uh, Ceres Nursery in Brunswick. Fantastic. That sounds like a very nice Sunday. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that is all we have time for. So I'd like to thank Michaela Hamilton, John Arnott and Amy Dart for coming in and sharing your knowledge. Lovely to have you in uh, today, Amy. Thanks so much to Doug Humbert and Matt O'Dwyer for producing the show. And thanks to Liz for doing our socials. You'll be able to see all the plants that we talked about up on Instagram and Facebook. So until next week, I may be Bishop. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.